Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. New Hampshire police are just announcing a seven-year-old little girl, Harmony Montgomery, has been missing for two years since she was five years old. They're just announcing it. Isn't that a day late and a dollar short? They're just finding out Harmony is gone. Is she even alive? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Take a listen to our friends at NBC10. Police say seven-year-old Harmony Montgomery was last seen at a home in Manchester in October of 2019. But authorities say they weren't notified until just this week. We have spoken with family members of Harmony, and despite doing so, our concerns for the whereabouts of her remain the same. Police now working around the clock trying to find the blonde-haired, blue-eyed little girl. People are going to say that, and they're going to ask, well, again, why two years? We cannot investigate things if they're not brought to our attention. And when this was brought, we're on it. Authorities say they don't have enough information to issue an Amber Alert at this point because they don't know who she could be with or the car she might be seen in. The circumstances surrounding this prolonged absence are very concerning and are thoroughly being investigated as we speak. You know, maybe he should just stop talking because he just said, and this is the police chief, he says... I can't investigate things if they're not brought to our attention on time. Well, as a matter of fact, it was brought to their attention on multiple occasions all the way back in 2019, specifically October 2019. The last time Harmony was seen alive, police were there and they did nothing. Now she's gone. We don't know if this child is dead or alive. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter Nicole Parton, Robert Crispin, private investigator, former police officer at CrispinSpecialInvestigations.com, Dr. Jory Cross, and police psychologist, faculty St. Leo University, and author of Operation SOS. Nicole DeBoard Hotchglobe with us, criminal defense attorney, joining us out of Houston, also former prosecutor. But first, let me get a special guest joining us. It is reporter anchor joining us from CMG Washington. Blair is also the Washington News Bureau, Blair Miller. Blair is also the adoptive father of Harmony's little brother, Jameson. Blair, when did you first realize Harmony's missing? You know, it's something we've been trying to trace back ourselves. Um, you know, we've, we've had a very open relationship with Jameson's mom, who's also the mom for Harmony. And um, she has, you know, told us, you know, we, we adopted Jameson um, three years ago and um, nearly three years ago. And, and, and so that's uh, something... You know, she's been trying to get in touch with Harmony. She's been trying to get in touch with the, the dad um, because there are some custody issues there. And um, she wanted to try to whatever way to try to get in touch with Harmony. And, uh, you know, that's at least what we were being told. And um, as far as being officially missing, you know, we didn't know until last week. How did you find out? Um, the mom called us and uh, she called us frantically, uh, almost in the sense of, See, I told you something was wrong, and uh, and and we had a feeling something was wrong too. We kept encouraging her to, 
if you feel like something's wrong, you need to get in touch with the police, with uh, social services, whatever you need to do. Um, she said she couldn't get in touch with the father to um, that he had blocked her, all this stuff. And um, she just felt like something wasn't right. And she'd been saying that for a long time. And it, it's hard to know what was right and what wasn't. Well, Blair, let me point out the obvious. Yeah. It's been two years and the mom has no idea where her daughter is. It's my understanding. Now, you adopted Harmony's brother, little brother, Jameson. It's my mm -hmm. understanding that much of Harmony's younger life, of course, if this child is alive, she's only seven years old now, but her very young life, she was in and out of foster care, trying Correct. to take care mm -hmm. of Jameson, her little brother, uh, also Crystal's child, right? Correct. They were they were both in foster um, homes. And you adopt Jameson. Correct. And and we knew, as far as Jameson's standpoint, he was in and out of about nine different foster homes. Oh. And we know Harmony was there for... Um, you know, many of those situations and the stories we've been told by other foster parents is that Harmony looked after Jameson and the two had this bond and Jameson is aware of that bond. In fact, you actually have Christmas gifts for her, but you right. haven't been able to see her. Isn't it true you tried to adopt her too, but were told she had been reunited with her bio dad? When we um, went through the process with Jameson, we said, "What's?" we instantly heard about Harmony. Um, when we first heard about Jameson's situation, one of our first questions was, what's Harmony's situation? And is this a situation where we need to consider adopting both of them? Because if that's the case, we would do it. But we were quickly told this is, Harmony's situation has already been closed and she's been reunited with her father. And that Can happened. I ask you, who told you that? Well, we, when we worked through social services um, in Massachusetts, when we used to live in Boston. You mean... Like DFACS, Department of Family Children Services? DCF, yeah. DCF, okay. DCF is a, They're okay. awful. They're the devil. Because, um, Blair, I can't tell you how many cases I worked as a prosecutor, a felony prosecutor, investigating and trying cases where DFACS would go into a horrible situation and leave the child there, and then the child would end up dead over and over and over again. And in this particular case, Blair, defects was called over and over and over. And this is after they tell you, a would-be loving parent for Harmony, no, you can't have her. She's back with her bio dad that we took her away from to start with. I, I don't understand that, Blair. Well, I think we're trying to understand that too right now. And, and we're retracing everything, every bit of paperwork we were ever given to try to understand what was the situation and... And why was that happening? Because there are a lot of serious questions. And, you know, Blair Miller, guys, joining me with you're, you're with Cox, correct? Correct. I'm based in D.C. and, and report and anchor for stations across the country. Blair, I mean, it, it just pains me to know that this little girl who was called, police were called on her when she had a black eye in the home. Uh, about July, August 2019. Then neighbors called about a month later about the horrible living conditions this little girl was surviving in. Nothing was done again. October, a relative calls again because there's a huge fight in the house. They see harmony there. They know it's a bad situation. They do nothing. And now she's gone. Guys, take a listen to our friend Diane Cho, NBC10. 
Police would not disclose the address of the home she was last seen at, but when asked about the circumstances involved, the police chief says it was the result of a call to service that involved the police department. That call to service was handled and that, that is the last time she has been seen here in the city of Manchester. I'm not saying that she hasn't has not been seen somewhere else. With so many unanswered questions, authorities are now pleading for the public's help finding this little girl. I'm asking um, even I'll go as far as I'm begging the community. I don't care if you saw this young girl a year ago and you think it's irrelevant. Call us. If you have any information that can help in this case, you're asked to call Manchester Police. A brand new tip line, 24-7, has just been instituted, 603-203-6060. Repeat, 603-203-6060. The reward has now climbed to $12,500. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've got to make sense of what we're hearing. Straight out to CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter Nicole Parton. Thank you, Nicole, for being with us. It's very rare that you hear this child is missing. Last time she was seen was two two years ago. It's reminiscent of when top mom Casey Anthony's child Kelly was reported and she had been missing 30 days. But this is even worse. So let's just start at the beginning, Nicole. What happened and who was she with the last time she was seen, the mom or the dad? So, Nancy, you're right. You and I have covered a lot of missing persons probably over the 20 years of of service together, hundreds of them. Never have we seen where the person is missing for two years before reported missing. So the last known whereabouts, Little Harmony is with her father, and it's the police who see her last because the police are called out to the home because of a family feud, an argument. The neighbors call 911. They hear this ruckus. We also have reports from an uncle who says he's trying to push his way through the front door. He can see harmony in the house. We have these reports of her last sighting. That's October 2019. And this is what I understand. Back out to Blair Miller. Blair, who is an anchor and reporter for Cox uh, in Washington, Blair adopted Harmony's little brother. Okay, so that's how he's in the mix. So, Blair, this is what I understand. The home where she was last seen, I believe it was at uh, 77 Crawford Street, something like that, there in Manchester, New Hampshire. The cops go out there October 1 because of a family fracas and the uncle Kevin Montgomery is trying to get back in. Was the dispute over Harmony? Because I've researched that it was, but I'm not sure about that. We're not sure about that either. I mean, we've spoken a little bit with Kevin Montgomery as well, and we spoke with a number of family members trying to understand um, who last saw her. What did they see? Um, we've been talking with police, asking the same thing and sharing what we know. But um, that that really is a mystery over, you know, what was that about? How far did it go? And what happened after that? OK, so it's 77 Guilford Street. Now, here's an odd part. There were Montgomery's living there, relatives of Little Harmony. But then right after that, the home is foreclosed. They all move away. And new people move in. 
Now, in the last hours, uh, there has been a massive search at that home where she was last seen, the 77 Guilford Street. The people that live there now are not connected to this case. They have been very helpful and cooperative. In fact, we were told that dogs were brought out and the dogs went through the house, found nothing. Dogs went in the backyard and dug up a corner of the backyard. Robert Crispin, private investigator, former cop, now at CrispinSpecialInvestigations.com. I've got a really bad attitude. All right, Robert, I've got a bad attitude because right now I hate everybody. I'm usually on the cop side, but come on. The cops were called out there in July, in August, in October. They are called when this little child has a black eye, defects is in on it. They screw it up. Saying they drop the ball really doesn't do it justice. The cops don't do anything. Relatives don't do anything. Uh, the only person that really did anything was Blair Miller because he saved the little brother, Jameson, from this cesspool that Harmony's living in. So right now, I hate everybody. You know, Nancy, I got to tell you, it's an epic failure on every level in this case. Starting with law enforcement that went to the house. You know, I've been there. Twice. I've, I've seen these guys respond to these houses. I've, I've seen people not do their job. I can't tell you of countless cases I've dealt with DCF, even in the private sector. Could you leave a little child in that that mess? And on the first occasion when Kevin Montgomery called the cops, according to him, the child, the little girl, had a black eye. Now, this little girl to make it even more upsetting. Uh, she's so beautiful. It's actually blind in her right eye. So right. when you see the pictures of her, all the photos we can show you are two years old. So has she cut her hair? We don't know. Uh, does she look the same? We don't know. Because the last photo of this child is two years old. You know how many pictures I've got on this thing right here? Uh, Maybe 40,000, not kidding, uh, pictures, and they're all of the twins. They're so tired of me taking their picture. But to think nobody's taken a picture of this child for two years? Uh, the only person that did anything remotely helpful was Blair Miller, the reporter for Cox, because he adopted the little brother. So we also have Robert Crispin. Let me let you percolate with this. She was last in school in Massachusetts. So when she doesn't come back, they're, they're having back in school. They're not remote. So when she doesn't show up, did anybody go, hey, where's Harmony? Oh, hell no. They did nothing, Robert. Epic failure on the school system. Where is this kid? How come this kid's dropped out of Zoom? How come this kid's dropped out of in-person learning? What's going on? It's going to all start to come together. I'm going to tell you, Nancy, these, these guys who responded to that call back in October of 19, they have some serious explaining to do. And that's where this entire case is going to start from. It's going to start from that day moving forward. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Dr. Jory Crosen with me, psychologist, faculty, St. Leo University, author of Operation SOS. Dr. Jory, thanks for being with us. 
my I hate everybody moment is really not helping this at all. Uh, There were times I would be so frustrated and angry when I would be investigating or prosecuting a case. I'd have to pull off the road and just sit there and pull it back together and get back on the road and continue investigating the case. The anger really doesn't help anything. But I can tell you right now, I want to chew a nail in half. And I think I could do it. Dr. Jory, there's so many fingers to point. But I just find it interesting what Blair Miller is telling us. And let me tell you something. He is airbrushing it. He's being super nice because his son, his adopted son, is Jameson. Isn't that his name, Blair? Yeah, that's his name. Has the same mother as Harmony. Different dads, same mom. And he's being super sweet about her, but it will be a cold day in hell that I go two years and I don't know where my child is. I don't care if she has visitation or custody or what. You know where your child is, Dr. Jory. I mean, this is crazy talk. You know, statistically in these cases, Drugs are going to be. I'm adding her to my hate list. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm backing you up on this one. You know, drugs have to be involved somewhere, especially with as young as the children are and the involvement of DCF. Uh, You know, and I'm not. I'm looking at causation and not giving excuses. You're not really helping me, Jory. Telling me. Trying to give you some therapy here. Okay. Yeah. No, your your righteous anger is correct. And a, a parent, especially somebody in that family that has not seen her uh, and waits two years, you know, I mean, I would still be beating on doors to get somebody involved, even DCF. If you're not getting responses, there's other avenues to take. I mean, go to the media, you know, get to the state police. They, I've always said that DFAX needs to go right into the deep fry down in hell because I've seen too many body bags of children that they left behind because I've seen too many body bags of little children they left in the home. Guys, take a listen to this. We have spoken with as many family members as we can at this point and we'll continue to do so. But I will go back to the point that she was last seen at a residence in Manchester in the October timeframe of 2019. Manchester police became aware of this this week. And I know people are going to say, well, here it is 2021, almost 2022, and nobody's seen this young girl since late of October 2019. So what's happened in the last two years? Fair question, right? That's why I'm here today, because we need assistance, we need help, and we don't have many answers to many questions that we have. And we'll continue to to work and speak with the family um, ongoing as we speak. Okay, he didn't really give me any answers right there as to why they've done nothing since they last saw the little girl and since they saw her with a black eye. And DFAX hasn't even shown their face at all. Do you blame them? Um, Also, take a listen now as the Manchester, New Hampshire Police Chief Alan Oldenburg addresses the school issue. Take a listen. Last time she was enrolled in any type of school, from my understanding, um, is yet to be confirmed is down in Massachusetts. But again, she's seven right now, so 2019, five years old, probably right around that kindergarten time frame. Again, we've spoken with family members, and we'll continue to do so. 
I know I keep coming back to that, and that's a fair question, right? Did we, did we speak to mom? Did we speak to dad? Did we speak to this relative? We're speaking to is any and all family members that um, come to our attention and ones that we are seeking out as well. He just keeps saying over and over, speaking to the family. I guess that's the same family that gave her a black eye. I doubt they're going to be a whole lot of help. Um, to you, Nicole DeBoard Hotchclub, joining us out of Houston, former prosecutor, now defense attorney at HoustonCriminalDefense.com. Weigh in, Nicole. It sounds like a terrible mess. I mean, when you start an investigation two years after an incident, you are going to be missing critical information. I think this is going to be very, very difficult for law enforcement to put together at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, but I can tell you when people say it's like a needle in a haystack, the needle, in my opinion, is the father. Because we are hearing from Blair Miller that the mom hasn't had custody or visitation with this little girl in about two years. So however we may or may not want to judge her, I don't have time to judge her character, but she doesn't have the little girl. That's really all I care about right now. Now, I want you to listen to our cut 19. 19. Listen to what the chief of police says. But we ask people, don't play detective, okay? Don't play police officer. That is our job. That's the men and women's job that, that work under, under Captain Layton. People going on social media and circulating their opinions or their theories do, do nothing, do nothing for this investigation and are no good and are no helpful in trying to locate Harmony. I ask that you leave that, that work to where it belongs, and it belongs to the Manchester Police Department. We're, we're two years behind the power curve. Leave it to the Manchester Police Department because they've done such a great job so far. Really? Um, does anybody remember on this panel? Let's go to you, Nicole Parton, CrimeOnline.com. The whole reason that Gabby Petito's body was found was because of social media and people, as he says, playing detective. They happened to see Gabby's van, and they had a picture of it, and that's how Gabby was found. And those cops, the FBI, all the local cops in Florida, uh, out in Wyoming, all across in Yellowstone, they didn't turn down the help. They used it, and they found Gabby's body. So why is this cop, this uh, Alan Aldenberg, telling people, don't play detective, don't play police officer? Really? Because if we don't, who the hell is? Who's that? Crispin. Jump in, Crispin. Listen, he shouldn't be the one in front of the microphone right now, and I'm not really liking what he's saying. Because I will tell you from 25 years in law enforcement, the public helped me solve so many crimes. Social media today, social media. It's incredible. Law enforcement gives you the leads that you need. People come forward in social media. People make comments. Those comments turns into leads. Those leads turn into arrests. Those arrests turn into convictions. That's how it works. You've been a prosecutor. You know that. you darn right, Crispin. I mean, I'm just getting chills on my right arm right now. I'm so angry with this this officer, this uh, police chief, Aldenberg. No, he didn't take the child, but he's not helping right now. Another thing, don't get involved. Wasn't it a, an email to you, Blair Miller, this is the adoptive dad of Jameson. This is Harmony's little brother. That This little girl tried to take care of her little brother in foster care. Can you imagine that? She's seven now if she's still alive. And while Jameson and she were in foster care, she was trying to take care of her little brother. Blair Miller 
a reporter and anchor with Cox News who has adopted Jameson. Isn't it true that the whole reason somebody put a fire under the cops' rear end is because there was an email sent to the mayor's office about defects not following through on Harmony's case? Now, the mom is now taking credit for that. I don't, I've heard elsewhere it was anonymous. I don't know who sent it, but that's how the whole thing cracked wide open. And that's what we've been told. And and like I said earlier, we've, we've always had a very open relationship with uh, the mom and we've, we've encouraged her countless times to, you know, go to police, go to anyone who will listen, go to DCF. And we even said, um, can we do that for you? Can we, can we help with that? And do we need to get police involved? Um, what do we need to do? And we tried to reach out to the father on social media to see if we could connect with him to see. Nicole, what's the dad's name? Yes, Adam Montgomery. Yeah, okay. And the uncle, who is Harmony's great uncle, it's Adam Montgomery's uncle, is Kevin Montgomery. The one right. missing that we seem to think Harmony was last with is Adam Montgomery. Blair was Mo- Adam Montgomery living in New Hampshire, or had he moved? We were uh, when, when we adopted Jameson. We were told that Harmony was reunited with her father back in February of 2019, and that was in New Hampshire. And that's about the level of detail that we were given in the moments that we were adopting Jameson and trying to sort out his situation and his family situation. Okay, that is helpful. That's very helpful because Robert Crispin, if he's if he's in another state, that's going to lead to all kind of jurisdictional problems. But um, if he's in New Hampshire, he we know he's got a social security number. He's either working or he's collecting a check. Either way, you can find him through his social. I mean, do I need to call the police chief and tell him that? Yeah, or we're going to find him on a, on a license plate reader. If he's got a card, he's out running around. Those license plate readers are going to track you all over the country, and that's how I'm going to find you. And there is the possibility, Crispin, that they have already found him, and the girl's not with him. This is very true. And what would lead me to believe that is the emotional, original public release by the chief when he became all choked up. It led me to believe that he knew a lot more than what he could tell the public at this point because they were trying to gather enough evidence for an indictment for somebody and he already knew the facts and this really hit him hard and it was tough for him to actually give that first one because of what he may already know you'd be surprised nancy and you know this as a prosecutor the public only gets a tidbit of information because law enforcement has to keep what they know close to the best so the freaks don't come out of the woodwork and and the psychos come out of the woodwork to try to take credit for things and just muddy up the water or to preserve evidence, or to make sure certain evidence doesn't get tampered with or destroyed because somebody knows, oh, wow, they already know about that piece of evidence. I have to go get rid of that right now. That's why these press conferences are a tough position for certain people. And believe me, I do not think this Chief Aldenberg was the one that answered that call, that saw Harmony with a black eye, that left her when there was a huge fight going on, possibly about her. And the uncle is calling, calling, calling. The neighbors are calling, trying to get help for Harmony. I don't think he's the one in that patrol car. They have a completely additional situation they need to deal with. What's their policy about reporting this to DCF? As soon as they walk out of that house, if they think that that child is in, in, in danger, obviously they have to take the kid if they think it's, you know, not a danger 
imminent to the child, it still needs to be reported to DCF. Some agencies have a mandatory reporting requirement. Well, it's my understanding they had been under DCF care because they've been placed in foster homes. So uh, they call it their uh, DCYF, uh, Department Children Youth. That's where the Y comes in. But DCF, DFACS, had to be part of it if they had been in foster care. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Blair Miller, back to you. And again, I already know you're not going to say a bad word about the bio mom. Can you tell me, was it your understanding, not that you knew or saw her, but was it your understanding she was with the bio dad and that bio mom had been trying to reach them online? That's very much our understanding. And um, our understanding was that the mom was um, trying, it sounded like very hard to get in touch with her, um, get in touch with the daughter by telephone. Uh, keep in mind, this was Massachusetts to New Hampshire. And, um, and so I think she was trying to locate all that and figure that out. Okay. Now we're hearing that he was still in New Hampshire. Do you have reason to believe he moved to Massachusetts? I, I don't have any reason to believe that. Is the mom in Massachusetts or New Hampshire? Um, we've always known her to be in Massachusetts. Okay. Now I understand what you're saying. Isn't there another little brother didn't Harmony have two brothers? She, yes, there's a um, mom has had a, had a child here in the last, uh, um, I think maybe two years. Where is that baby? That baby's with her. And, okay, um, so she has that baby. Yeah. Okay, guys, take a listen to our cut eleven. This is Scott Cook, WMUR News Nine. When last seen, Harmony was about four feet tall. She has blonde hair, blue eyes, and is blind in her right eye, so she may be wearing glasses. Police say she may have been going to school in Massachusetts when last seen. I don't care if you saw this young girl a year ago and you think it's irrelevant. Call us and say, I saw her a year ago. I saw her 18 months ago. I saw her a week ago. Let's lessen that two-year window and keep keep shrinking that two-year window the present day today and let's chase down every every possible avenue with the hopes of uh, finding harmony and manchester police tell us they just found out earlier this week that harmony was missing again they're asking anyone who may have seen her in the last two years to give them a call this whole thing is sideways dr jory crossen she should be in school somewhere she had been in school in massachusetts then they moved to new hampshire Massachusetts never bothered to notice that Harmony was missing or raise an alarm about it, but she should be in school somewhere, right? Yeah, and, you know, that's kind of an easy thing to check. I mean, the school system here, we got 33,000 students in my county, but, you know, we know what students, we can check that. And that that's for the police, that's a step one, it should be, and, you know, at least eliminating that she's not in school anywhere, she's not registered on a Zoom line or in homeschooling. You know, I'm not ruling out this child is alive somewhere, but the fact that she's not in school and nobody can find her, and I believe it would be, as Crispin says, pretty easy to track the dad and find him, and she's not there. Although I don't take any hope, Nicole Hotchglobe joining us out of Houston, with the fact that they showed up at a residence with dogs that dug up and then dug up part of the backyard. That's 
definitely not encouraging. And the reality is, is that two years later, a, a lot of biological evidence that we would have ordinarily been able to track down maybe in that house is just not going to be available. There's a new family living in the house and there are going to be, you know, there's cleaning that's gone on. There's living that's gone on and it's going to be very difficult for a forensic team to collect necessary evidence to make an assessment about what could have happened. Now, listen to Amy Cavino, WMUR, our cut 14. Investigators say they have talked with many, many family members of seven-year-old Harmony Montgomery, but declined to elaborate on which ones. The chief confirms that she was in the child welfare system in both Massachusetts and New Hampshire, and that it was DCYF here in New Hampshire that notified them last week that Harmony was missing, last seen two years ago. How does two years go by before that agency flags it to law enforcement? Sure, question. it's a question I've asked, right, that hopefully at some point along this I get an answer to. You know, um, according to our sources, the mother, the bio mom, Crystal Sori, is saying she's the one that sent the email to the mayor's office, alerting them that there had been no defects. Department of Family Children Services follow through on her daughter, Harmony. Isn't that right, Jackie? It is. Okay. So take a listen, however, to our cut 17, Mike Cronin, News 9. Manchester police confirmed to News 9 that investigators were searching a property on Guilford Street in Manchester Sunday in connection to the search for missing seven-year-old Harmony Montgomery. Also new Sunday, Mayor Joyce Craig's office says it received an email last week with a concern about Harmony that was primarily about issues with a follow-up from DCYF. According to the mayor's office, they told that person if they felt the child was in danger to immediately call 911 or give them further information so they could let police know. The mayor's office says that person never responded back. So I guess mommy, if she did make the first email, send the first email, that she just got busy and didn't respond to the mayor's office when they asked her to respond back. Okay, uh, straight back out to Blair Miller, the adoptive dad of Jameson, Harmony's little brother. He is an anchor and reporter with Cox News. Blair... I've got a feeling that they have located the bio dad and they still can't find Harmony. Do you have any indication that is or is not true? You know, we've been told a lot of things, Nancy. And, and so, um, you know, as far as anything official, we we don't know. But we've certainly been told that that's possible. Um, and, and so we're trying to be respectful of that. Um, at the same time, you know, the only thing we're focused on right now, which is why I'm here today, is, you know, finding Harmony and getting her back. And so I can figure out what we tell our son. You're right. You're right, Blair. So to you, Robert Crispin, former law enforcement, now private investigator with CrispinSpecialInvestigations.com, what should we, the public, be doing now to help find harmony? Thinking back the last two years, what you know, what you remember and report it. Put it out there. Get it to law enforcement. Take a look at this little girl, Harmony Montgomery. The photos you're seeing are of her at age five. She is now seven, about four feet tall. She's legally blind in her right eye. She's wearing glasses. She's about 50 pounds, and she's got a beautiful, beautiful smile. And when you look at that smile, you'd never know 
She's been bouncing from one foster home to the next. Where is this girl? Help us. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Goodbye.